Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions here. Looking forward to all that God has for us, uh, because He has much. As This is sort of an appointment between us, is it not? We gather around or have the turn the radio on, I show up, you show up, and we talk about the things pertaining to life and godliness surrounding the life and times of Jesus Christ. Uh, so that means we open the Word, that that's the tool that we use. Uh, we answer questions, we pray for one another, and I want to welcome everyone on the Grace FM radio network. I want to welcome everyone on the Hope FM network. I want to help. I want to welcome everyone on the Truth radio network. And what we need is this show to be on the K Love radio network. Uh, that would be amazing. That would include 1,000 stations or something. I don't know how many they have. But we have faith, love, hope, no, grace, truth. So we need faith radio as well. It's faith, hope, and love, grace. Uh, well, we don't have love yet. So at any rate, more radios. If you're a radio station, you want to carry this program, email us, studio at gracefm.com studio at gracefm.com and talk to us. We'd love for you to carry the program. It gets good results. It is well listened to, uh, one of the most listened to hours on the station, and it could be the, one of the most listened to station hours on your uh, station. Uh, but it, this is the show where we answer questions and uh, we have opportunity to talk about uh, what God is wanting to do and and you can call me. So here's the number, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or text me at 720-336-0897. Either way, we'll get you on the air. Uh, the phone number, of course, if you dial, you'll be on the air and we get to talk. If you text me and I have time, I will take that text question and talk about it of course, texting is a little limited. First of all, be in a safe place for you to do that. Uh, but also it's limited because I don't know if there's a follow-up or even if I understood your question correctly. Um, that happened with me recently. I received a text message from one of the ministry leaders here. And uh, it was great. No, not, nothing. Uh, it was a great text. He was asking me to do something. But as I read the text, I interpreted what he wrote a little differently than what he attended. Uh, so I prayed about it, and I prayed through it, and then I said, hey, I think the Lord's given me a word for you. Let's talk tonight after service. So we did, and the, go the Lord did give me a word, but I also misunderstood the text. Has that ever happened to you? Um, I, bet it I bet it has. Um, it used to be misunderstanding emails, but now it's misunderstanding texts. And so as he explained it, uh, I think the word that the Lord gave me was still valid, absolutely, but now I understood a little bit better 
what he was wanting me to understand. And so that was really cool to meet it, to meet there and be um, in full understanding of what was intended, both what was said and what was heard. Um, but text me. I'd love to bring you on the air. 720-336-0897. Call me. 303-690-3000. And a reminder, if you're listening to this on Grace FM, unless at the beginning of the program it says an encore presentation, you're listening live. Uh, so call me. You'll be on the air live all throughout the Denver, uh, all throughout Colorado, uh, really, and from you know Cheyenne, Wyoming, all the way down into uh, Pueblo West, uh, faintly, but in Pueblo West, um, all up and down the Front Range, you will hear this program live. Any other station than Grace FM, you are hearing this program on a one-week delay. And that's just how we deliver it. We don't have the funds or resources to satellite it and everything. It's just too expensive. <clears throat> so this is a great workaround. And here's the cool thing. You can call while the show is airing. We'll answer your... your well, I'll answer the call. We'll talk about it on the air. People in Grace FM will hear it live. And then uh, next week, you can listen on the same day and hear yourself on the on the radio, which is kind of cool. So give me a call. 303-690-3000. Bianca, welcome to the program. Hey, Bianca, you're on the air. All right. Bianca wants us to pray for a friend that is going through a hard time. Uh, did you hear her? I didn't hear her. Okay. Just the way you're looking at me, Frank, it's like maybe I didn't. Uh, you heard and I didn't hear. But let's pray, Bianca. I'm going to pray for your friend that's going through a hard time. Father, we thankful for the heart that you have for, through Bianca as she uh, has a heart for prayer and a heart for her friend. And I pray, God, that you would uh, be with her friend during this hard time. Uh, even as this is fresh on my mind, uh, thinking through some of the work I was doing today on the book that we're putting together of how we all go through difficulties. None of us are immune to it. And so I pray for Bianca's friend and by extension, people listening that are just like him, uh, just like that person, just really going through a difficult time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's see here. Bianca's back, so we'll, we prayed, but we'll let Bianca explain Hey, Bianca, welcome back. Hello. Hey, what's going on? Well, this last Saturday when I was at church, and I'm not going to mention their name in case they don't want me to say anything. It's better but that way. There was this <clears throat> guy that I talked to, and I felt deep compassion for him because it seemed like he was going through a really tough time with losing his wife and all of that. Oh, no. And I think it happened about a little more than a week ago, oh. I guess. And I just wanted to lift up a prayer for him in case he's listening somewhere. Okay. Well, we did pray for him. I don't know what happened when uh, when the call dropped off, but we we did pray for him. Yeah, but at least maybe people can keep him in their prayers. Yes. Because I know it must be hard losing someone. 
you know, it is hard, and uh, it, it is very hard. Uh, grief, grief is a very difficult emotion, uh, and I just don't believe that we were created to deal with death. It's a, it's a part of the consequence of sin, and it's very painful. You're right, and I know I'm grateful that um, this person trusted you with that information so that you could pray and you can enlist people to pray because God hears our prayers and he answers them. Yeah, well, thanks so lot for praying. Okay, Bianca, God bless you. Bye-bye. All right, I got a text question here, and that is, is Paula White an adherent to the prosperity gospel? Yes, she is. She's one of the probably top five, top ten adherents of the, pros- the false prosperity gospel. Uh, she is three, twice divorced um, in, uh, without biblical grounds, and uh, it's not someone uh, that I would listen to her theology. It's, it's pretty messed up. Uh, and the, the idea of the, using the prosperity gospel to make herself rich is not something I agree with. Um, and I would not... Uh, teach that doctrine. I would teach against that doctrine because it's not biblical. So thanks for calling. 303, or texting, 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, you can text me as well, 720-336-0897. Um, either way, you can get on the air and allow the uh, Spirit of God to use this time to encourage you, uh, to strengthen you, uh, to fill you, and maybe answer a question here or there. Uh, that that um, uh, you know the the Lord wants to do a work in your life and minister to you. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Three zero three. Six nine zero three thousand. We are back in the book of Daniel today. Uh, we have service on Wednesday night. I know a lot of churches aren't having services anymore, but we still have ours. And we are gathering tonight uh, for worship, for Bible study, uh, for prayer, uh, and for the teaching of God's Word. And we will have communion available. We have individual cups that you can use that are our throwaways. We've always done that. And the bread that we use is always broken from a loaf and single serve. Uh, and, and so come on out and let's worship together. 303-690-3000. Ben is calling from Denver, Colorado. Ben, welcome to the program. Yeah, hi, Pastor Ed. Uh, hey. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I just raised the issue about uh, the concern of the uh, pandemic uh, coronavirus out there right now and spreading yes. rapidly, and just kind of wanted to know your take on that as far as uh, how Christians can prepare and just have the right mindset that doesn't involve a lot of fear that the world may be um, panicking or, or you know, kind of reacting to. And Okay. You know, just some prayer for for people that are quarantined and and just yeah. you know protection and and how we can we can rest in what's going on right now. Well, I'm glad that you asked that question because I I address this from the pulpit on our weekend services 
here okay. because it is that was before they declared it a pandemic you know the world health organization today but because it's real and i believe right. i i wanted to let our church know and and for the sake of you guys listening in i wanted to remind our church that our church is not social media and what i mean by that is that we aren't in a we, we are a different organization we are a different organism on the earth today one that mm-hmm. walks in courage and confidence and not fear Amen. Uh, now, the idea of walk in courage and confidence and not fear doesn't mean that we don't walk in wisdom. Of course we walk in wisdom, and we want to, um, we want to be careful. Uh, and I was very uh, concerned, uh, just for our church, not because I heard it, but because I'm, I, I know it's out there, and that is, this isn't a time to make fun of it. It's not a time to minimize it. It's not right. a time to post all these things. Well, you know, this virus and this virus and this virus and this. Listen, people are dying from this virus. Uh, it's, it's, it's happening. Um, it, it, is, it is dangerous to a subset of our culture. There isn't a way to stop it at this point. And yes, it may be different than previous viruses. It may, it, it may have a lot of uniqueness, but the Church of Jesus Christ is not based on opinions, the Church mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ is not based on sarcasm or ridicule. Mm-hmm. It's based on truth. And the truth is, is that something is happening, and we want to be uh, in prayer and not in panic. Uh, we want to resist the fears that are viral, and we want to trust in the Lord while, while being practical. And so I, I opened Amen. up an article that Pastor Greg Laurie uh, wrote that mm-hmm. I shared the three Ps uh, that that he shared. Number one, be practical, and that means you know wash your hands and do what the doctors tell us. If you feel like right. you have the virus or you're getting sick, follow your doctor's instructions. Call them. Uh, call your um, urgent care center. You know, do what we're told to do. Number one. Sure. Number two, pray for the protection of the nation, because even though there is a virus out there, there's also an economic effect that's starting to take root. We see it mm-hmm. first of all in the stock market, but then it'll trickle down to other parts of of, yeah, of it's our economy. Yeah, grocery stores, and you know, with with tissue paper, yes, you know, no, no longer available. All the masks, you but, can't get any masks anywhere, and sanitizer and then, stuff like that, and you just see that trickling down into fear, and then the fear spreads. You know, the third thing that we do is that we we look for opportunities to proclaim the gospel. And I was reminding the pastors today that we are here to serve our community. We're not here to hide. We're not here to uh, overthrow the government. We're here to serve our community. And we need Mm -hmm. to be ready, willing. Uh, We need to listen to those that are specialized in this area. I'm not a doctor, uh, and Mm -hmm. so I don't learn my doctoring from WebMD or Facebook uh, or some meme that's been passed around, so I want to... Mm -hmm. I want to follow what I'm told, but I also want to walk in courage. I want to be a light in the darkness. I don't want to be a part of the darkness. And I think when and Christians <laughs> just jump in and start making fun and ridiculing, yes. you know, there are people in ICU right now that yes. their families aren't sure they're going to get out. And if my right. parents were still alive, they would be in that dangerous subset. They would be vulnerable to this disease. And so I'm. Uh, this isn't a time for goofing off and game playing. It's a time for seriousness. It's a time yes. for Christians to be vigilant and on guard and ready to love at a moment's notice in Jesus' name. When we're thinking of getting food and stuff for ourselves, we need to think about getting some for our neighbors. We need to learn to love our neighbors. And and so I have a lot to say on that, but 
that's sure, my summary. Sure. Can we just, um, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I'm a believer um, trying to just rest in the, the fact that God's on the throne and we just need to be in prayer and, and w- what's going to happen is going to happen, but we can certainly prepare and do like the things you said to, uh, you know, to, you know, to take good advice from the right people and, and do what we can. Um, there's a lot of people uh, I know that are being quarantined. Yes. And I just thought, you know, that's a, it's a, a place to be, you know, we're in prayer as well. Maybe we can pray for them. Let's do that. Um, because that gives families and a lot of people a lot of time together just sitting around and maybe they, you know, they can draw closer to God and, you know, bond a little bit. And just, just thought I'd throw that out there. You know, I can hang up and, you know, if you just want to pray, you know, just pray for the peace of our nation and, and believers and that <clears throat> God will use this for good. Father, we know that uh, we're, our, our culture and our, our world is at a uh, crossroads uh, with this virus and, and the, yes, the, just the way that things are going down, the way that things are being communicated, it's easy to get caught up in the, you know, it's easy to get, either get caught up in the panic or try to mm-hmm. um, be, maybe some are being sarcastic and cynical trying to say, oh, don't panic, instead mm-hmm. of really speaking to the true issue that our hearts are unsettled when we are, uh, when we're not focused on you, you said that you will keep us in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed yeah, on yeah. you. And all these things are getting our minds off of you, getting our minds off of your faithfulness, getting our minds off of the reality of your presence in our lives. And and mm-hmm. I just pray, God, like even Daniel prayed, forgive us for the joking and the cynicism and the mm-hmm. and the things yes, that Lord. are not helping proclamate the gospel and. Give us uh, wisdom on how to infiltrate our society. And then I pray for those that are quarantined. I pray for those that are fearful. I pray for those that are vulnerable. God, I pray for for those that are sick in the hospital. I pray for the family members of those that have died, thousands upon thousands. And and Lord, I know that um, there's a lot of ways that people are responding to that, but may we as believers respond with love and compassion. And may we be the light in a very dark, panicked place. And not not like flippantly, not even our calmness would just make us arrogant, but that our calmness would make us attractive to the very yes. presence of your Holy Spirit that lives in us. Yes. In Jesus' name. In Jesus Amen. Name. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. Yes. You've been such a, a blessing, and I know it's not about you, but um, I, I've, I've seen and heard the fruit you know, from so many people, and, you know, thank you so much for your prayers and what you're doing, and and Jeff Figs and everybody else in the network, and just thanks. Just wanted to encourage you to stay encouraged, because we all love you. Thank you, brother. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. You're welcome. And you know what? Even as I was praying, I was thinking, uh, mentioning that thousands have died from this, and and I know some people say, well, the flu kills more people, and this kills more people, like as if that's, like, good news. That's not good news. Who cares what the comparisons are? It's not a good way to make your point. So stop it. It Just stop the nonsense, especially believers. It's just stop it. Oh, you know, but the flu does this, and and heart attacks do this, and, and cigarettes do, and cancer. Well, you know, people deal with cancer. It's not a good thing to say. It's not a nice thing to say. It's not a godly thing to say. Bad things happen 
but we don't compare them with other bad things so that somehow, well, it's... No, people mourn and grieve when there's death. And I just know that if we are like Isaiah and we come into the very glory of God, we're going to come to the place where we say, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. And then I can submit those unclean lips to the Lord that will clean them for us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, Greg in Aurora, Colorado. Greg, welcome to the program. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. That's interesting you were talking about prosperity gospel. It wasn't a point of my call, but I just kind of find Joyce Myers a little bit. Uh, I'm not being a uh, judgmental, but almost feels like push these buttons and then everything's going to be perfect. You know, everything's going to start flowing. But, well, uh, I certainly have some concerns with some of the doctrine that she teaches as well. Yep, yep. Well, my main point was I had a question that keeps popping up in my head. I'm a definitely a believer, born again, saved. Uh, but I, one thing I was curious about is when at the end of services where <clears throat> they call people, you know, to be saved at the end, whatever that term is for that, that, sure. you know, we're saved by grace and faith and we're to you know, believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth as a child. and um, But then sometimes I hear, and dedicate my life to you. Sure. It's, does that seem like adding works, or is, am I just splitting hairs? Is that right, or am I well, catching well, it right? I mean, first of all, we probably should deal with the issue that there are some people that don't believe in an altar call or a prayer like that at all, that it's not even necessary. I'm not one of them, but there is big debate on whether you would should lead someone into a prayer or not. Um, but when when a person says they're they're dedicating their life, they're making a commitment. And my hope is, and why it's at the end of the prayer, not the beginning, is that there has been a spiritual transaction already taking place, and it's an affirmation. That prayer is simply an affirmation of the work of God. It's like it's like an agreement. Nowhere in the Bible is there any example of anybody ever getting saved without participating in it. Like it's always a, a mutual transaction. Uh, it is God holy, one hundred percent saving a person. It's not ninety nine percent, not fifty percent. God alone gives new life. You and I have the privilege of responding to that new life. You and I have the privilege of obeying in that new life. And right. so works aren't bad. The issue with works is they're not bad. They have to be in the right order. We're not yeah. saved by good works. So the mere fact that someone says, I dedicate my life to you, saves nobody. Right. It saves nobody. But it is an affirmation of faith. For example, let's say there's no... Uh, so, so that saves nobody. God saves alone. But let's just say you go to a church that doesn't have an altar call, doesn't do that, and they just say, uh, anybody that wants to follow God and you believe in God, just know that you're saved, and and because you don't have to do anything, you just sit there and God saves you. And then what do they do? They call them to action. They call them to faith. They call them to a membership class. They call them to 
There's a lot of things that other churches do. Maybe they, oh, we don't believe in altar calls, but you believe in, not you necessarily, but they believe in so many other things. Take this class, become a member here, go to a membership class, read your Bible. So works are not necessarily bad if they are coming from the right motive. If they come from faith, the faith leads to works, that's the right order. But an idea of works, if somebody leaves and saying, well, I'm saved because I said I dedicated, then we taught them wrong. Right, right. I just, it sort of seemed like sort of confusing or just like maybe hold up for one second, like, wait a minute, that it's by faith and grace. And then the commit, so, you know, commitment part, it's kind of like, uh. Well, let's, let's look at it a different way, kind of a, a more, a sillier way. Uh, you and I, uh, we're we're here and uh, we we're at the church. We want to go take a break. So I say um, I say, hey Greg, you want to go get some ice cream? And you say yes. And we jump into the car and as we're driving to ice cream, I say, hey Greg, um, do you want to go get some ice cream? And you say, I'm already in the car, bro. Like <laughs> you you have already cooperated, but you getting in the car has nothing to do with me driving to get ice cream. I'm already headed there. It's already a done deal. And uh, all you're doing is cooperating. And you could say in the <laughs> you could say in the in the passenger seat, I'm getting ice cream, I'm getting ice cream, I'm getting ice cream. And it has absolutely no bearing on the fact that you're getting ice cream. You're just stating a fact. I see. I get that. It just seemed like sometimes it would maybe hold up somebody who might be about to be saved, like, all right, I just gotta commit myself and you know, like they, they should well, jump to the works part. Maybe. They probably wouldn't, you know, and I, I would put it this way. Um, if they if that, if that an altar call is given in a very legalistic church that teaches salvation by works, then they're going to learn it that way. But yep. if they're in a grace-based fellowship that recognizes that God alone saves by grace through faith, then they're, mm-hmm. they're going to be, that's going to be one of the first affirmations of many that they make that reflect their new relationship with God. I understand it for sure myself. It just... Yeah, it's a great just, question. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I appreciate you. Hey. Thanks for calling. Yeah, appreciate everything you do. Bye, Greg. Bye-bye. All right, thanks. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Why is it that every time—here's a text message. Why is it that every time someone speaks about Thomas, they doubt, they focus on the doubting part more than anything else? It To me, it sounds like they're acting like they never doubt Jesus. You are very accurate, and I think that we need to emphasize, I don't, I don't, I I get, when I've taught through Thomas, I take both sides of the coin. Uh, I don't like the phrase doubting Thomas. I don't like a lot of phrases that have become normal in the church. I don't like doubting Thomas. I don't like once saved, always saved. I'd rather get back to the Bible, and Thomas, to me, represents one of those guys, one of those gals that just needs more information. And I'm sure you've met them. Maybe you're one of them, where it's not so much that you're doubting, you just need more info. You know, a lot of people in the scientific community, a lot of people that maybe come from an atheistic background, uh, maybe a more cynical or doubting background, you know, just like show me. Thomas is more of a show me person. And I don't know so much that he doubted, as much as he wanted more information. So I agree with you. It's too bad they focus on doubting. It's too bad that even in the past, I probably called him Doubting Thomas. I don't really think he's Doubting Thomas. I think he's a man 
that needs more information. And I wish that, and I would ask that um, that we emphasize his the, the emphasize that Jesus didn't condemn him, but gave him what he was looking for. <laughs> Stick your hands on my side, and he did. He's like, yes, Jesus meets the person that wants more information. That's what we should learn from Thomas. Great text. Thank you for sending that in. We got an open line. Actually, I have two open lines. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. We'll be right back. You hear the music. This is Calvary Live, originating from Grace FM in Aurora, Colorado. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. I'm always amazed how fast the program goes. And we only have one break, a really small one, kind of to stretch or get something to drink because... We want to fill the hour with as much dialogue and discussion as possible. We do have one open line. We'd love to have you ha- join me. 303-690-3000. Tammy, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. What's going on? So I um, I had a question um, that I have thought about for a long time. And um, so... With the different religions like Lutheran and uh, Methodist and things like that, I wanted to know why some religions say that when you die, you have, I guess it's called soul sleep or something, Correct. where you just sleep until the Lord comes. And then some, which is the most comforting one, is where you, when you die, you are you go right to heaven. So it's just, I've always wondered that because the thought of sleeping is kind of uh, just not very comforting. So I wanted to know, will you be with Jesus when you die immediately? Yeah, so what you've stumbled upon is a uh, a doctrine or a teaching where there are many different opinions, many different religious groups have developed differing opinions. Uh, one of them, of course, is soul sleep. Another one is purgatory. Another one is annihilationism. Have you heard of that? No. So, so you've got the Seventh-day Adventists, the Jehovah Witnesses. They are, they are the ones that's, that really have made soul sleep popular. Um, annihilationism is held by some groups. I can't think of who they are now. But that mean, that what that belief is is that after a person dies, you just cease to exist. Uh, mm. Another view that's made popular by the Roman Catholic religion is something known as purgatory, where you go to a temporary place where other people work off your sins for you, or you can work off your sins there because they believe in a works-based righteousness. And, and then there's the view of the person uh, that once you die, you go right into the presence of God. And the question really is, which one is right? And so whenever, so you get to learn a couple things today. Number one, you get to learn that whenever you come to a doctrine like we have this, what happens to a person after they die— what happens to a believer after they die? And we have a lot of different opinions. 
the only opinion that matters is God's. And what right. does the Bible say? And the Bible couldn't be more crystal clear on this topic. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Bible teaches to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Period. End of story. There's no soul sleep, that's false. No purgatory, that's false. There's no annihilationism, that's false. There's no reincarnation, that's false. You leave your body, human body, and you're in the presence of God as a believer. That's what I've always believed. (laughs) I just don't understand, like, where is the, like, I went to a Lutheran church for a long time, and it was taught that, you know, when you pass away, you sleep until the Lord comes, and it's, you know, it's like the blink of an eye. When you go to sleep at night, you wake up, and that's how long it is. So I don't, if everyone studies the Bible, like Lutherans and every everyone, why is there a different opinion for Christians? Well, I Is think, there something in the Bible that makes them think it's different? Well, I think that people, Christians tend to be more loyal to the way they were raised or the religion that they're familiar with than they are to the Bible. And it, 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 this, is, this is actually one of, those, one of those teachings that is really unequivocal. It, there really is, even the arguments for some of these other things are just not strong at all. Uh, right. It, the, and, and why people believe different things. I mean, this, 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 is, this is one of those passages or one of those topics that really doesn't leave hardly any room. I know that the Bible uses the word sleep. It does use the word sleep in the English language to describe death, but it, when it's used that way, it's not used to describe a literal sleep, but rather it's, rather it's used metaphorically because you know as well as I do that a body that has, is lifeless looks like it's asleep. And, right. and so sometimes that can be confusing. Uh, people will take that and twist it. I mean, I think for the Jehovah Witnesses, the Seventh-day Adventists, this is a twisting of the Scriptures. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not what about familiar? when like they talk about the rapture and they say those um, that are here will will go up and then those that are sleeping will um, go up. So isn't that the people that are dead and in their grave? Well, the word actually speaks of those that are dead in Christ. The idea that they have already died in Christ and that there there'll be a a sense of the resurrection body coming back to um, to the souls that have already departed. Uh, the dead in Christ will rise first. There is also a view that the dead in Christ rising first is actually a statement that they're already with the Lord, and that while they're with the Lord, that those that are raptured are going to be raptured up to join those that are already with him. Um, uh, but but that really has no bearing on this idea of soul sleep. It, it, it actually comes, it comes from a lot of different places, but not the Bible. Um, okay. Uh, let me give you another example. Uh, remember... Uh, that I remember on another radio station here in Denver, I hope I, I another brother, a friend of mine, a pastor has a similar show like this on another mm-hmm. station here in Denver, and I used to fill in for him, and uh, I used to take calls while he was on vacation, and I had this one uh, woman that used to call all the time. She was a, uh, uh, I think she was a Seventh Day Adventist, but all she wanted to do is argue, 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 and so I would I would take her to this passage in the Bible, and you'll remember uh, with the thief on the cross. Uh, Jesus yeah. looks at him and says, today you will be in paradise. 
And that's a, that's a statement of time. It's a statement of location. Uh, it's, it's actually a pretty, if you, were, if you were hanging on the cross next to Jesus and you knew that you deserved your death and that you were a horrible person, but that God acknowledged your belief, and in Luke chapter 23, verse 43, it says, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. That sounds exactly like Paul does. It's the, be absent from the body. He's present with the Lord, right? Right, yes. Well, her answer Definitely, was, and, yeah. I, and I, I think I offended her because I laughed, and I couldn't help <laughs> myself. I kind of I joked, and I said, you don't really believe that, do you? Here's what she said. She said, you just misunderstand the Bible because they forgot to put a comma in. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and what she meant was, and I did the same thing, and I feel bad because I'm supposed to keep a dialogue going, and it says, Jesus said to me, I uh, said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, and then she said, put the comma right there, she, that Jesus was saying, I'm talking to you right now today, and then eventually you'll be with me in paradise. Like, And, and I'm like, that that's uh-huh. one of the weakest, like we can't even make an argument from the English language. If you're going to make a textual argument, you have to make it from the Greek, not from the English, and, and it doesn't right. say that in any way. So, you know, I just think well, that we, we get caught up in our... Do you think we'll know our children? Like, will I know my daughters when we all are there? Are you ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> 100% yes. That's Without <laughs> any question in my mind, um, I think that the reuniting of those that have died before us... You know, my son is there too. And, and it sounds like maybe my son was a little older when he died than your daughter, but... <laughs> But we're going to be reunited with our children, those that have gone before us. My mom and dad's there as well. Um, my aunt, I have a few aunts that are there. I have friends that are there. And, and even to this, and it's, it's probably not your case, but for the sake of people listening in, I believe that even those that have experienced an abortion and, mm-hmm. and have come to faith in Jesus Christ, they, they are going to meet their kids. And it's going to be a glorious reunion and I, the question then is, at what age might they be? Or how, I don't know how that's all going to work in eternity, but I do know this. When we are in eternity, we're not going to care. Right. And so, yes, you can hold on to that hope yeah. that, that your daughter's not in some sleep state, that she's enjoying the very presence of her Savior, Jesus Christ, and yeah. she's enjoying all the promises that you and I look forward to and I do believe we're going to re- we're going to retain the knowledge of the people that we love. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time. You're welcome, and thanks for calling in. Thank you. All righty, bye bye. You take care. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number, and I really mean that. I think that's just a word from the Lord on today's program. For those of you listening in, I know abortion is a just a horrific sin. It's a horrific decision. It's 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 too bad it's become politicized, um, and and just all twisted, and 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 used to um, to kill babies. I know. But setting those things aside for a moment, um, consider that God forgives you by the blood of Jesus Christ, and I know as well as you know that if you had uh, information. Back, what you know now, what back then you wouldn't have done it. And they lied to you. They told you it was just a simple medical procedure. They told you it wasn't really a baby. They told you it won't have lasting effects. 
They told you it's absolutely safe. And they completely lied to you. And you believe the lie. Um, and, and you regret it. But there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And, I mean, we're not going to go around celebrating our past sins. But we're also not going to go around uh, parading them so that we live condemned lives. And I'm sorry you had an abortion. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry it's a part of your past. But life can be a part of your future. And I believe you'll be reunited with that baby that was aborted. You know, when I was in high school, um, my girlfriend at the time um, got pregnant. And uh, we didn't know what to do. We pulled out the yellow pages just to get, we, we had that little test from the market, um, but we wanted to verify it so we could pull out the yellow pages. And, and I know a lot of you listening probably don't know what the yellow pages are, but the equivalent of Google back then, uh, and we found a clinic nearby to go get, a, it said free pregnancy test in big letters. So I borrowed, um, <clears throat> uh, I borrowed uh, my buddy's car and uh, Camacho borrowed his car, uh, drove my girlfriend to the clinic, and it was an abortion clinic. It didn't say abortion on it, didn't say Planned Parenthood, but it was an abortion clinic. And they offered to us an abortion right in that, in that lobby. And I don't really recall if they did it verbally or not. I don't remember. Um, but Marie and I had the wherewithal as far as we were from God. Um, we had the, we had the God was gracious to us and we didn't have an abortion. Um, that girl uh, gave birth to a beautiful baby. We named him Eddie. Eddie, um, just a phenomenal kid. Love him so much. Just a, such a ray of love and sunshine into a real dark situation. Uh, me and my girlfriend, we split up, uh, broke up. And, and the only thing that kept us connected every once in a while was that little guy named Eddie. And that little guy named Eddie with his big smile and, and just his big personality, his sensitive, caring, all the characteristics that made him a great cop, you know, uh, but kept us together. And keeping us together, just even briefly, just even distance-wise, was really God's setup to bring us together uh, forever. And we ended up getting back together after a couple years. We ended up getting married. We ended up getting saved. We ended up having two other children, um, moving to Colorado to be a part of this church plant. And of course, many of you know, seven years ago, my son Eddie um, went home to be with the Lord uh, uh, in his 20s. And uh, left a precious son behind who we pray for every single day, every day, one day, little guy, one day. And, and know that all the drama surrounding the death of my son will not prevent the will of God from being accomplished, ever, never. God is greater than the sin of man and the mistakes of man. And, and so just, just you guys listening in, uh, that wasn't on my mind when I came into the studio today, but because I hear our sister in Maryland um, asking that very pointed question while I see my daughter in heaven, <laughs> man, God is good and faithful to us. 303-690-3000 is the number, uh, I think. Uh, Karen is in Loveland. Karen, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're welcome. What can I do for you? Um, I I watch a lot of prophetic programs. Okay. On uh, YouTube. Okay. Uh, on the TV, 
And I also watch a lot of ser- sermons like from um, a lot of the pastors, okay. the well-known pastors. Um, and I was watching one last night. It's, it's uh, the, the talking about the Antichrist. Yes. And they were talking about how you're not supposed to, or how the Catholic religion, they were talking about who, who the, uh, they were narrowing it down to who the Antichrist would be. Okay, they're wrong. And, so just to let you know that that's whoever oh, you were yeah, watching, stop watching them. Yeah, I, I know that part. Um, but it, uh, the pastor was talking about how, um, you know, God says not to take from or add to his word. Okay. Well, from what I, what they were talking about was about the Sabbath day. Yes. And that being the rest day. That's supposed sure. to be on Saturday. Yes. And God's, one of God's commandments is do not forget the Sabbath. Yes. And um, I guess the Catholic, the Pope, long time ago, had changed it from Saturday to Sunday, and right. that's why Christians go to church on Sunday, um, and that Sunday is supposed to be the Sabbath. But that would be changing God's law. Right. So that would be a sin. That would be wrong. That would be definitely wrong if you try, if someone attempted to change God's law. You're right. But like I like I said. Whoever you're listening to on YouTube has no idea what they're talking about because the Bible predates that YouTube teaching and believers started worshiping on Sunday in the book of Acts on the Lord's Day, on the first day of the Uh week. The Sabbath has never changed. It's always been a sign given to the Jews, a sign of the covenant that is no longer in effect. We are now new covenant believers. And under the new covenant, the Sabbath is no longer a sign of our relationship with God. What's the sign of our relationship with God now? The sign of our the, um, accepting Jesus Christ. That's right. The love of Him. That's yeah. right. And, that's the and only s- way to God. He even says, I am the way. That's to right. God. That's the no YouTube channels you God need to be watching. That's right. <laughs> and so the sign of our relationship now is the blood of Jesus Christ, the finished right. work of the cross. The seal of that sign is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so exactly. that leads us, what about the Sabbath? And I did a whole Bible study on this, because this is, I, mm-hmm. I actually, this is the title of my Bible study. You ready? Must Christians mm-hmm. worship on the Sabbath? Because this is such a debatable issue that stumbles people that it doesn't need to. Uh, the Sabbath is still the Sabbath. Uh, it is still uh, a day of rest uh, for the covenanted people uh, in Judaism, that if you're practicing Judaism right now, the Sabbath is still one of those signs, but it's a sign that's pointing to our our Sabbath today for the new covenant believer is Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he is our rest. And so that okay. idea with the Roman Catholic Church, there has been a lot of corruption through Roman Catholic Church, a lot of changes, but they don't have the power to change the Bible. And people were worshiping on Sunday in the book of Acts. New covenant believers were already gathering on the first day of the week to worship, to have Passover meal and communion together. That was already happening long before Romanism was ever invented. Okay. And I just wanted to actually, you know, get another opinion because this is some, because I, I study my, I study his word. And because I have such a passion for him um, and his word and being obedient to him, I, I want to make sure that 
what I'm believing and what I'm hearing is correct because I don't want to be the wrong. You know what I'm trying to say? It's, I do. You, you've got to be super careful because there's exactly. a lot of false teachers out there. And, and they're getting more and more. And they're, and on, they're all God over the place. Way, the Holy Spirit like has a way too. of, of um, putting in my head, no, 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 that's not right. So let me lay before you, just just for the sake of people listening, not only do we see worship of the early church in the book of Acts on the first day of the week, on Sunday, listen, even mm-hmm. in church history, um, Sunday worship's mentioned in the Epistle of Barnabas around 100 AD, in the Epistle mm-hmm. of Ignatius in 107, the writings of Justin Martyr in 145, the Apostolic Constitutions in the second century, Irenaeus in 155, Pliny's letter in 107, Clement of Alexander in 194, and Tertullian in 200. And that's just the first couple hundred years of the early church. So Sunday worship Mm -hmm. was long before the formalized, and I forget what year and what pope they assign it to, but Sunday worship happened way before that pope and the formal Western Romanism, which basically Roman Catholic theology started in the 300s under Constantine, and this is all pre-Constantine. Okay, okay. So, yeah, that has nothing to do with the New Covenant. That's right. Okay. Fantastic. Thanks for your question. Because I know that we're extremely close. If we are not there already at the end times. We are definitely living in the end times. I would agree with you. Yes, yeah. 100%. I've been watching the world and watching how things are changing and how people and men are becoming lovers of themselves. Yes, it's just a lot of the prophecy in the New Testament has already come to pass. And remember, Jesus said this, when you start to see these things come to pass, look up, because your redemption draws near. And, yep. and that the coming of the Lord is, is at hand. And I was just telling the church this weekend that we need to live with an urgency like Abraham did. Even Abraham had an urgency for that city whose builder and maker is God, not made with hands. Like, he had an eternal mm-hmm. perspective, and it affected his daily life. Yeah. I, 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 you, you are, um, uh, what's the name of your church? Um, Calvary Church in Aurora. What is it? Calvary Church in Aurora. Calvary. Yeah, you have one, and you belong, you are Assemblies of God, correct? No, we're not. We're actually part of the Calvary Chapel family. Okay. So there's a Calvary, I'm, I'm just fresh here, and just moved here from Arizona. Okay, and welcome. I'm trying to find a home. So. Well, what city are you in? And I was going to a Assemblies of God church. It was called Dream City Church. Okay. In Phoenix. And so I'm trying to find a home. What, and what city Calvary are you in? Chapel is one of them. Huh? What city are you in? Uh, Windsor. Windsor. So there's a Calvary Chapel both in Loveland and Windsor up in that area. Um, okay. And we are a, we're a spirit-filled church that believes in Bible teaching verse by verse. So we, we seek okay. to strike a balance between the dynamic work of the Holy Spirit and the solid fortification of the Word of God. And we teach it verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the whole Bible. Okay. I may be there this Sunday. <laughs> ah. Thank you. I look forward to—I to I, I, I know both of those pastors— uh, they will take huh? good care of you. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. Have a blessed day. 303-690-3000. Um, 
Let's see, what is next here? Robert's back on the line. Let's get Robert. Welcome to the program, Robert. Pastor Ed Taylor, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Blessed. Um, I just had a quick question. I heard you speaking earlier uh, about the thief that was on the cross with Jesus, and Jesus told him, today, assuredly, you'll be with me in paradise. I was just curious, because I know uh, in the story of Lazarus and the rich man, Lazarus went into Abraham's bosom, and the rich man went to the other side of the gulf. And so I was just curious, because I know that it says Jesus is in the heart of the earth for three days. Mm -hmm. Whenever he said paradise, was he talking about Abraham's bosom, or was he talking about his actual heavenly kingdom? Paradise almost always speaks of being in the presence of God, and I think we are so caught up in time that we think that when Jesus went down to Abraham's bosom and delivered that one side into the very presence of God that he like camped out there and stayed there for three days, um, he didn't. I, I believe it was instantaneous. I think it was probably as fast as the rapture will be, uh, and and so I don't think he spent all three days in Abraham's bosom. I think it was a very quick, hey guys, it's time to go, you know, and even faster than that, similar to the twinkling of an eye, uh, and paradise is, it, as we find, has been moved uh, into the very presence, uh, into the heavenly presence. So that would be my view on that. Okay. Yeah, that's all I wanted to know. I was just curious about that's that. That's a question. The questions actually struck me a, a few times, and I wasn't really sure. Uh, and also just wanted to state for anyone listening, I know a lot of people, you know, say, well, I've read part of the Bible or I've read most of it or I just never really got around to it. It's too long. I've actually done the calculations. And if you read just five chapters a day, you mm-hmm. can read the Bible twice in a year. You know, so I just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, let me, um, um, I was thinking, actually, that's interesting you say that. Hours to read the Bible. I, it's the hours aren't that much. Let me look real quick here. On an average yeah. reader, just a. I mean, it's, five chapters takes no more than 30 minutes. Was, but, you know, it's usually like 15, 20 minutes. Uh, I actually download an app that reads it to me, and I was doing the calculations the other day, and you can read it full, cover to cover, twice in a year. So, And not only that, I, so the average number that I see is uh, audio Bibles are usually about 75 hours long. That's not a lot, 75 hours. Yeah, it's really not. Yeah. You know, take a little, take a little time each day and stay in His Word. Be a little adventurous and go on like a 72-hour Bible reading binge. There you go. <laughs> that would be Get awesome. A bunch of coffee. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks. Thank you, Pastor. Bye, bye. So it says the average person reads about 200 to 250 words a minute. There are about 775,000 words in the Bible. Then it, it takes 10 minutes a day to read the whole Bible in a year. And like our brother said, if you did 20 minutes a day, you could read the whole Bible twice a year. Um, so yeah, it's not. Little by little. I think it was, uh, I forget where I heard this, but inch by inch, life's a cinch. <laughs> and I think inch by inch, uh, reading the Bible is a cinch. And get a version that you can read, that you can understand. Um, the NLT uh, is a bio, is a very easy r- version to understand. Uh, it's reliable. Um, it is at a lower reading level. Um, you know, a New King James or a New American Standard is more like the twelfth grade reading level. Um, you know, but uh, NLT is a little less than that. Easy to understand. And uh, my understanding, I haven't seen it yet, but I think Pastor Greg Laurie just put out a New Believer Bible. Um, 
uh, an NLT version. Uh, so it'd be worth. Uh, we've been using NLT NLT on Wednesday nights. Uh, it's it. I use the New King James on the weekends, and uh, it's just been an interesting experiment. I wanted to do something different and tries to and try to um, try to. Um, just step out in faith this year and do something different. Actually, it started last year, and <clears throat> and I said, oh, well, we're going to go through the book of Daniel, and I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to teach through the NLT using it. And I have to say it's been really good and really challenging. Um, but that not that taking steps of faith? That's really good. Um, um I got an email, I won't use any names, but it says, I'm listening to Grace FM right now. You made me cry when you told that lady who had an abortion about Eddie. I noticed that you've been talking about him more often and more openly, sharing more of what went down seven years ago. Thank you. And you know, I probably will share even more of what went down seven years ago uh, because things that are in the dark can't be dealt with. But when things are brought to the light, uh, truth can deal with anything in the light. Uh, Truth can deal with anything that God has in store. Uh, so yeah, um, I love my son. His testimony's solid. Um, there's a lot about his life and his death that, that isn't known, uh, but will be, of course, because the Lord loves truth. He loves fidelity and he loves walking in the light. So thank you for that email. Uh, miss my boy, but look forward to being with him. See you guys tonight in the book of Daniel here at Calvary Church. Worship, the word, communion, prayer, all of it. Come early, Resurrection Coffee's open. Love you guys. Till next time, the Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.